Hello, it is January 11th, 2018. It's time for another Sports Talk podcast. I am joined, as always, still to my left, just Mr. Jeff Stuckey. Jeff, how are you doing this morning? Great. Welcome back, guys. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm fantastic. And then, also today, new special guest, um, Mr. Joe Kazimowicz, <laughs> the, the, the Polish master himself. <laughs> Joe, how are you doing? Doing all right. How about you? I'm fantastic. Joe's, Joe's going to uh, be with us today talk, talking hockey. Um, we got a good show for you today. We're going to start with a review of the national championship, Alabama taking down Georgia. I was so close. I said 28-24 was 26-23. Uh, we're going to preview the AFC divisional round matchups. Uh, should be fun one there. Lots of high-powered craziness and Gronkowski. I've, I've got a fun note about him. <laughs> and then finally, we are going to do our hockey midseason update. We're going to give you uh, just our uh, Jeff and Joe really going to give you their thoughts, their take, the two hockey hockey gurus. So uh, let's get it going. And let's do it. Three scruples to a drown, boys. Eight drums to announce. Two cups to get you a pint now. At the first ones on the house. The drunkard craves just another. Blind man blames the eye. Poor man dreams of riches and a martyr prays to die. All right, guys, now we are going to start our recap of the national championship game. What a crazy game it was. Another blown win, or another blown game from a Georgia team. Very frustrating, I'm sure. It's been a rough, rough year of football for the state of Georgia. Heck yeah, it's been. Um, boy, this was a fun game to watch. Um, Nick Saban is, a, I, I, again, I think he has some dark magic because. Jalen Hurts, who has lost two games over his entire career and set, like, he set some touchdown interception ratio this season, got benched at the end of the first half for a freshman quarterback who went on to throw three touchdowns in the second half. Um, Hurts only had, he only threw eight passes in the first half. He he completed three of them for 21 yards, and he also had 47 rushing yards, but, oh God, I'm going to butcher this name. He's Hawaiian. Tuo Tagovailoa. Tag, tag, Tagovailoa. You know, I'm just gonna go with that. Yeah, because I'm I gonna go can't say it. Much I'm just better. gonna call him Tua. Um, yeah. yeah, Tua was that was just awesome to watch a freshman come in like that. He's left-handed, and I hate left-handed quarterbacks because all their throws look disgusting. But <laughs> um, Jake Fromm had a great game. The uh, true freshman from Georgia, 16 to 32, 232 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Mm-hmm. It was so weird to think that the both quarterbacks at the end of this game were my age. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. Like, and, and even, like... When I'm, I'm out here with a podcast, and then there's so, the same people my age are winning the national championship. Yeah, it's going to be the same thing watching, like, the the drafts. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, 18-year-old like, whoever, that, and I'm like, what the heck? No, it's like it's a th- like these offensive linemen, these, like, freshmen, or, like, uh, or like, well, no, they won't be our age for football. For basketball, they will be. Some hockey, too. Yeah. Yeah, hockey. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just so... It's so trippy, dude. Like, <laughs> um, the running game... I highlighted that at the beginning, uh, or when we did the preview for this game, because um, just because of how important it was to both teams, wasn't really a factor during the game. The the leading rusher for Alabama was Najee Harris, who only had 64 yards. Um, Hertz, who had 47. Uh, Sony Michelle had 98 yards rushing for Georgia, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. He got them out of a lot of uh, third and long situations. And then Miko Hardman had the uh, only rushing touchdown of the game for Georgia. Um, well, it was a one ten yard score. Yeah. Um, really interesting passing game for both teams. Uh, the Ridley brothers were playing each other. Calvin Ridley, who's obviously the top wide receiver uh, prospect for the draft, um, four for thirty two in the game tying touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, his brother Riley Ridley on Georgia, six catches for eighty two yards. Really good game from the freshman. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Henry Riggs III from Alabama had a touchdown. And then Devonta Smith had the game-winning 40-yard touchdown catch in overtime? Or was that double overtime? Uh, I think it was just, I think it was just overtime, OT. yeah. So, yeah, that, that was that. That was an incredible play, too. That, that whole yeah, series. I saw that. You know, Tua gets sacked 16 yards back <laughs> on first down. You're like, oh, boy, Alabama's in trouble now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just throws <laughs> that bomb. Hey, you highlighted kicking again. Another good factor. Yeah, I mean, huge factor. Papanastis from Alabama almost lost them the game. He missed two field goals. He was only two for four. And Blankenship banged a 51-yard field goal in overtime because Fromm got slapped, sacked on third down. They he, was, he went out past the past the 40, and he banged that 51-yarder. Mm-hmm. So because you know Rod, God Rigo Blankenship, <laughs> Hot Rod, great great nickname. Um, no, this was a really fun game to watch. An instant classic. I don't even care. Alabama won again. Um, unless LeBron James wins a, wins a championship, then I'm going to be upset. 77,430 people at the game. That's awesome. For did, did, did you game. see that thing where like Alabama and LeBron like line up with each other? Because every time, yeah, Al- I did. Every time Alabama like lost a semifinal or lost in the national championship, like LeBron would lose in the NBA finals. But every time they won, he'd win. Yeah, I saw that. So it was, it was very interesting. It's uh, trippy. So um, <laughs> rooting. So that's kind of bad news for uh, the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I love I love this game. I'm excited for next year. Um, I think I, th- I I wouldn't be surprised if these two teams are back because um, you know I, I think uh, Nick Saban should seriously consider just sticking with Tua. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're gonna have their strong recruiting class coming as always. Georgia has an incredible cut recruiting class coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course Jake, Jake Fromm's coming back. So I wouldn't be surprised if these two teams are back. I mean, they're I think they're both of them are definitely gonna be in the playoff next year. At the, at the, oh yeah. It'll be interesting to see who uh, who also gets in. I, I think a big Clemson for sure. Yeah, I think Clemson will be back. So um, I mean, Oklahoma won't be because uh, you know losing Baker Mayfield and a lot of their pieces on offense, their defense was shaky anyway. So yep, I think I think the, a big, we'll see a Big Ten team back. Mm-hmm, probably. Uh, yeah. So great game though. Great Alabama game. Alabama wins twenty six twenty three in overtime. I'm, exci- I'm excited yeah. for next year college for football. Sure. All right, guys. When we come back, we will start our preview of the AFC divisional matchups. I don't need to read the papers or the tea leaves to understand that this world's been shaped by drunken barber's hand. Alright, AFC Divisional Round um, should be a really interesting round. Starting first with the Titans and Patriots. Um, I asked you yesterday, Jeff, if who, what's got a better chance of happening? The Browns winning two games next year or the Titans winning this game? Uh, Titans winning this game, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I'd give it more to the Browns. <laughs> um, let's see here. I mean, comparing some quarterbacks here, you know, you got the greatest of all time versus Marcus Mariota. Yep. Uh, I talked about Mariota last week and how his struggles, um, 62% completion, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions this year, and just a 55 QBR. Um, Mariota on the road, five touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And then compare that to Tom Brady this year, who still had an excellent year. 66% completion percentage, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and a 70.2 QBR. Yep. And then, of course, Brady at home, 18 touchdowns and two interceptions. 
So and Brady Brady dominant at home. Mariota struggles on the road. It's really I mean you can't pick up pick against Tom Brady. Oh no, you can't. But of course I'm going to. But no, um. you're not, Jeff. Like, <laughs> you're not going to. You're not going to pick Marcus Mariota over Tom. Brady. No, like I mean like I need overall, you to t- I need you to tell me that you're picking Tom Brady. Over no, Marcus I'm Mariota. picking Tom Brady. I'm Thank saying you. like overall, like I'm picking the Titans over the because that's my team. But I respect your loyalty, but I, I I just needed to hear you say that you are picking Tom Brady over. Marcus I am Mariota. picking Tom Brady okay, over Marcus. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not that mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no brain damage pick this week. Yeah, <laughs> um, the running game. Uh, Derrick Henry was awesome last week. I think he's really the X factor for the Titans if they're going to make this a close game. Yep. Um, because you know the, the Patriots obviously started the year struggling on defense and uh, especially their run defense. And Henry, who had 156 yards rushing last week, uh, with that 4.2 average this year, I think I think he's gonna he, they're gonna Tennessee's gonna ground and pound. Yeah. I'm picking him over Deion Lewis because the Titans have the fourth-ranked uh, rush defense in the league. So. Well, here, here's the thing about the Patriots running game. It's not just Deion Lewis. Yeah, they've like, got like four guys. They, they've got Deion Lewis, who had 896 <laughs> yards this year and a 5.0 average and six touchdowns. He also added 214 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Gillis Lee had 383 yards, 3.7 average, and five touchdowns, although I think three of those came in the first game of the season. Yeah. And then Rex Burkhead, who was hurt a lot of the year, who had 264 yards, a 4.1 average, and five touchdowns. Hmm. So it's it's it's, and then they have James White too. I think is out for this game. I know yeah. he was limited in practice on Tuesday. Um, it's not really a big loss the, when you have the other. He, three, they used they used him more in the passing game than anything though. But between those three guys, I think I think uh, the Titans have got their work cut out for them. But I think that rush defense is going to be tested. But um, just just out of the fact that Henry's going to be the bell cow here, I'm going to give it to the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I really – the passing game, I, I, you really got to talk about the versatility of the uh, the Patriots here between Gronkowski, who uh, – this man finishes the year with 69 catches. <laughs> uh, that's got to be the most Gronk thing of all time. He, he um, 1,084 yards and eight touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, who, the deep threat, 65 catches on the year for 1,082 yards. Just so Gronk beat him up by two yards and seven touchdowns. And then you got Danny Amendola, who had 61 catches for 659 yards and two touchdowns. And Chris Hogan, who was hurt for probably eight games. Yeah. Who had uh, 34 catches, 439 yards, and five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, and then, of course, the Titans have, you know, Delaney Walker, Rashard Matthews, and Eric Decker had a touchdown in the wild card game. It's about time. Um, <laughs> predo- they read predominantly by Delaney Walker. But did Rashard Matthews do anything in the wild card game? Not much. He was pretty quiet for the most part. Yeah, so it's... it's um. Once again, I really think the Titans are going to do the best to run the ball because if Derrick Henry can really like get a good solid like carry percentage here, like that that'll open their passing game up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in terms of kicking, uh, suck up. Uh, it was one for one in the wild card game, eighty three percent on this year on his field goals, long of fifty two. Steven Goskowski, re- really reliable kicker, ninety two percent on his field goals this year. He has a lo- his long was sixty two yards though. Wow. So really big difference between what what field goal range is for both of these kickers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest matchup to watch in this game is basically whoever the Titans put on Rob Gronkowski, because <laughs> Rob Gronkowski is a human cheat code, and you need three people to cover him. Oh, for sure. It, it's it's actually unreal what this man can do when he's not cheap shotting people in the back of the head. Maybe our strategy will be uh, to take him out like we took Kelsey out. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> like that, 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 that's that's that is the uh, the Titans game plan: concuss the uh, best player on the on the offense. <laughs> Although honestly, I, I don't. I think um, you got more problems to worry about on the 
Patriots offense than just Rob Gronkowski. This is there's uh, going to be Kevin Byard versus Brandon Cooks on the outside. Yep. Byard with that great year, eight interceptions, and Cooks Cooks is the deep threat. Um, but especially since uh, Julian Edelman's gone, he's the top receiver. Um, and then he's got you got to watch Chris Hogan too, and uh, yep. James White if he plays, they use him out of the passing game. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things you got to watch on the Patriots. Um, and like you've got to give a double coverage to Gronkowski, who's going to murder you in the in the open field. So the Titans have got some their work cut uh, cut out for them. Oh, for sure. And obviously, uh, if you know if you have a brain cell, you're not going to pick the Titans in this game. But unless you're a Tennessee fan like me, but otherwise, everybody I, else. I in the respect country, your loyalty. However, you're insane. Exactly. Um, uh, bad news for Titans fans: they have lost the last five meetings against the Patriots, going back to uh, 2004. Well, here, here's so. here's here, here's what they got to do to win the game. They need to control the time of possession. They need to have the long, methodical drives that just do not let Tom Brady get into a into a rhythm. Because yep. he's gonna throw the ball forty times, it, like and like like that, that. He just does that every game. So I think that the another big. This is kind of one of my matchups. Um, the Patriots O line versus the Titans blitz scheme. Like we know that uh, who's your defensive coordinator? I always forget his name. Um, yeah, like I know I know he's known for his like complex uh, blitz schemes. Yeah, and um, so it's gonna be like can. Why do I always forget his name? So like, if they can get to Tom Brady, um, that's gonna that's a huge key to the game because like you know like they've got it like the biggest thing to beat the Patriots is disrupting their rhythm. Yeah, about, so like your defense has got to be strong here. Uh, Dick Lebu, I think. Lebeau? I, I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I butchered that. Yeah, Lebu. Lebu. <laughs> Sounds like a Star Wars thing. <laughs> um, Another big key for us is we need a quick start. Take the crowd out of it early. Try to get our defense rolling and get our offense going early. For sure. Or I mean, or if you guys win the toss, I mean, like you know, get that three and out right away. Yeah. Another big one is going to be the Pats front seven versus Derrick Henry. Like, can Derrick Henry get going? Because mm-hmm. if Derrick Henry gets can get going really early, um, that's a good sign. Yep. That's a really good sign for the Patriots. So, um, it's I can't not pick the Patriots because, like, I have brain cells. Yeah. I don't <laughs> um, blame you. Again, it's the obvious pick. J- Joe, who do you got? I, I have the Patriots. It's I, As much as I don't really like them as a team and I don't really like Tom Brady, it's an obvious win for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the Jeff and Joe were arguing a lot last week because uh, Je- Joe's quite the fan of the Chiefs. Sorry, yeah. Joe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we uh, we are we are an anti-Tennessee podcast because they make no sense. <laughs> like they make less sense than the Texans did last year. The Texans at least had good players. <laughs> yeah, I'm the odd one out here. Uh, don't forget, guys. Uh, Titans and Patriots at Saturday night at 7:15, and should be uh, maybe a good game. Who knows? All right, moving on to the Sunday game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in Pittsburgh. This will be a very interesting game. Blake Bortles played really good last week. No picks. That was a Big uh, game for him. Um, is throwing for 87 passing yards a good game in your book? Well, since he didn't have an interception in this Blake Bortles, yes. Um, no, he did not play well because he had 87 <laughs> rece- passing yards. He threw. He completed 12 passes. Well, it's. I mean, Blake Bortles did not have a good game last week. He. I mean, like, I, I talked a lot about how his QBR was so low, and he's got 13 interceptions on the air. He threw for 21, but a lot of those were like. Inside the five yard line, dink offs to like the fullback or the tight end and stuff like that. Any game that where he doesn't throw a pick is a good game. For you know, him. and and he's up against Ben Roethlisberger this year, who completed sixty four percent of his passes, twenty eight touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, sixty two point nine QBR. That fourteen interceptions though, five of those came against the Jaguars, yep. which really makes this an interesting game in my opinion. Because was that in Pittsburgh? No, that was in Jacksonville. I thought because hmm. Big Ben, Big Ben on the road is a. Tends to play a lot worse, but he was on the road. It was on the road. Yeah, yeah. So, so that yeah. So like this is at home. Um, 
Oh, no, it was at home. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Right. Again, right. making this game even more interesting. Week five. I don't think he's going to throw five interceptions again. I think he's going to make the correct adjustments, and, like, that was early in the season. Um, but I think in terms of – I mean, you, you can't not give it to Big Ben over Blake Bortles in a, yep. in a just comport, uh, quarterback matchup. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he played so bad against Jacksonville's defense early in the season really makes this an interesting game because now it's going to be – all right, what adjustments did they make to either protect Big Ben or make sure Big Ben doesn't make those stupid throws? Yeah, the running game is, like, really, it's two, there's two running backs you got to talk about, Leonard Fournette and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Fournette, obviously, had a great season last year, 1,040 yards, 3.9 average, and 9 touchdowns. Bell just is an unreal kind of player, 1,291 yards, <laughs> 4.0 average, and 9 touchdowns. And then he also is un- unprecedented in the passing game. At, with 85 catches this year, 655 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. So it's just Le'Veon Bell. Um, I have you. You have to give it to him because both teams have a good defense. Like we know, the Jacksonville's probably has the best defense in the FC. The Steelers have been underrated. They, I know they had the, probably they had a top they had the top five pass defense. They had a pretty solid run defense. They've they've got a good defensive line that plugged the holes. Yep. Um, you know the advantage in the running game is definitely going to Le'Veon Bell because yeah. like his his average is just it's just one point. Uh, 0.01 or 0.1 yards better, mm-hmm. but like, Le'Veon Bell just they can they use them more in the passing game. They, they use them a lot of different ways. It's a hundred percent Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's why this game is so interesting because, like you said, the Jags have a better defense, but in my opinion, the Steelers have a better offense. Oh, for so, sure. Oh, of course they have a better so offense. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that all balances out. Uh, yeah, the the, and the we move to the passing game and like we know how how balanced and spread out it is because like you know Antonio Brown we know how good he is. 101 catches on the year, 1,500 yards, and nine touchdowns. So he like, coming back from that injury, though. I mean, like, he'll be slower, but, like, mm-hmm. you still got Juju Smith-Schuster, who had 917 yards and seven touchdowns this year. He had 58 catches. Martavis Bryant, who had 50 catches, 603 yards and three touchdowns. You got Bell. Uh, you got Jesse James. Um, yeah. The tight end, the really reliable tight end. The the, the Steelers are too high-powered to not, to like, play – the same game that they did in Week Five against Jacksonville, and like, I, like, we, like we know how weak the Jacksonville's offense is, and like mm-hmm. that's really the biggest flaw here. Like, because didn't they have like two or three defensive touchdowns in that Week Five game? Probably. Like their their offense wasn't even the ones doing anything, and like I think um, even the people on their offense was it was like they'd run the ball, get down to the end zone, and then they throw like a dink off and throw like a, like a small little touchdown. So. <laughs> I think in a in an environment such as a playoff game, like the the Steelers are really going to assert their dominance. Yep. Um, kicking Josh Lambeau, ninety five percent of his field goals this year, long at fifty six. Chris Boswell, ninety two percent of his field goals, long at fifty three. Pretty even there. Yep. Interesting. Couple of interesting fact about uh, Brick Bortles and Big Ben. Big Ben has eight interceptions on third down. Wow. So eight of his fourteen interceptions came on third down this year. That's that's so, not good. So I mean, well, that just told me he's, he's inefficient on third down. Mm-hmm. And then it, Blake Bortles in the fourth quarter, just six hundred ninety-three yards, two touchdowns, and seven interceptions in wow. the third quarter. So or fourth quarter, my bad. So Blake Bortles can't. Re- so in a close game, that's yeah, tough it's, to close out games when you have. So 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 big key big key for both teams. Kind of make sure that Jacksonville's defense has got to keep Pittsburgh in those third and long situations to make force Big Ben to throw the ball, maybe make mm-hmm. a riskier throw. Mm-hmm. And you know, like the, the Steelers just got to get a lead. Like they have yeah. to have a lead going into the fourth quarter because, like you know, Blake Bortles isn't that efficient. The line for this game is only a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that doesn't so. surprise me at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a close game, and like I like, and I think that's scary for the Steelers. Like I think it's going to be a close game, but the Steelers, um, if they can score 
one or two times in the first half, I really think it's going to be difficult for Jacksonville to get back in the game because Jacksonville's not built to come from behind. Yeah, they they're built to like disrupt you on their defense and like get these slow, time-consuming drives. They're built for man, like uh, controlling the game and like just killing you on defense. <laughs> I'm saying the final score is Steelers win 28-17. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twenty to thirteen. Close game. Um, just some big matchups to watch. Oh boy, Jalen Ramsey versus Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's not gonna be full speed, but he's still Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, and Jalen Ramsey is obviously one of the best uh, corners in the NFL. And AJ Boye could also be covering uh, Antonio Brown. I'm so sad he didn't come back, man. <laughs> AJ Boye stepped up in a big way last year for the Texans defense, and then he wanted money. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, another matchup, Jag- the Jags defensive line versus Bell and the uh, offensive line for the uh, Steelers. If, if Le'Veon Bell can run the ball, game's over. Yeah, if, for sure. if he's running the ball like he normally does, that, that is it for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Because if they can at least bottle up the running game, they can just settle, sit back and pass protection. Yeah. And, but, like, if Le'Veon Bell gets going, the game's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, just in general, Bortles throwing the ball. Because, like, we know that the Steelers have a pretty good passing defense. And um, just Bortles is really shaky. I think they're going to try it. They're going to make Bortles beat them with the, their arm. So, like, if, if the Jaguars win this game, it's because Blake Bortles is a huge game. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be – this is prob- This is easily the biggest game of his career. Yeah. Well, and if you're a Jags fan, even if they lose, like, you got to be happy with the season. Oh, for sure. Like, you get like a first-round buy. Because what did they end last year? Well, pro- they probably, like, four wins last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So, now you're in – got a first-round buy, and you're in the second round of the playoffs. So Now they didn't get a first-round buy. Oh, they didn't? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think uh, Jacksonville um, – just getting to the playoffs was a win for Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, I th- it was a successful season for Jacksonville. So, um, it, this NFL offseason is going to be really interesting because that report came out yesterday, too, about Kirk Cousins to be open for playing for the Browns. <laughs> and, obviously, if they can sign him before the draft, then they can use those first two picks on Saquon Barkley and Calvin Ridley and have one of the most high-powered off- offenses in the NFL right away. Yeah, like sure. that'd be Like, the Browns would go from 0-16. They could probably win the AFC North with that team. Absolutely. Because, like, we know their defense is pretty good. Kirk Cousins obviously is a very established quarterback. Then with Josh Gordon, Calvin Ridley, uh, and Saquon Barkley back, like that is that is a good team. And like I, I, and like Joe Joe Thomas is coming back, the most consistent lineman in the NFL. Maybe spend a little money, maybe maybe go get a slot slot receiver. (laughs) And the Duke Johnson can play the slot. The Browns are if they can if they sign Kirk Cousins, they're coming. And they draft like that is that's going to be a good team. Yeah, let's hope there's no more zero and sixteen fan parades. So. <laughs> that oh man, that that's got, that's so embarrassing if you're a player. Absolutely, you're like our fans are literally outside our stadium making fun of us. Like that that is you gotta retire. Um, so that'll do it for our AFC matchup. We'll do NFC uh, tomorrow. Um, NFC's got some good games. Uh, we'll look at, we'll look ahead games. to the Vikings and Saints and that other Falcons game. Eagles. Oh yeah, that the, the bird game. So that'll that'll be fun. All right, we are now going to move to some hockey talk. We're going to do our – we're about mid-season here, a couple weeks till the All-Star game, but um, I think we can – I think we have a pretty good idea of what the season's like to this point, so uh, we'll, we'll get to that. All right, Jeff, Joe, hockey. What, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you guys think of the season so far? It's been uh, pretty quiet, pretty boring. Not a lot <laughs> of uh, interesting trades or – I mean, th- there's been some amazing stories like Tampa and Vegas and the Jets, but overall it's been pretty quiet. I would have to agree with that. I hope that the second half gets a little bit more interesting with trade deadlines. Um, I feel like some teams are going to come out of nowhere and make some good trades before the playoffs. Um, that's always what makes the playoffs interesting. Mm-hmm. What, so. what's, what's been your guys' favorite part of the season so far? Vegas. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, you, you cannot watch Vegas and see yeah. what they're doing. They are 29-10-2. Like, Best expansion team possibly ever. Yeah, they so. have a goals differential of plus 30. Like, that's awesome. Do you, do you think do you think they can do this the same thing next year? Or is this just kind of you know beginner's luck? First first time we've seen this team, or in the second half, do you think people are going to figure it out? And like once they have some solid film on them, depends on who they re-sign. Like James Neal's a free agent at the end of the year, so I'm sure they'll bring him back. But it's also about who they draft, and I'm not really uh, familiar with any draft prospects yet. Um, but that's what it comes down to. I think it more has to do with that they got um, one or two picks from each team that really could like put them in front so like they got James Neal from the Predators that is a really good player and they just went across the board with all 32 teams with that so I think that's what really set them apart from other expansion teams if that makes any sense um and uh, I think it's just a one-time thing yeah interesting kind of take on that so um kind of talking about front offices here do, do, you, do you think there are any GNs on the hot seat for uh, for the summer um, probably Ottawa, just because of the way they got to the Eastern Conference Final last year, and now they're 27th in the league. Like, that's such a drop-off, and Eric Carlson's not playing that well. I know that's not on the GM, but I just... They did bring in Duchesne, but he hasn't done much. I just feel like when you have such a decline like that after a great season, it's just on a lot of the front office and the coaches. Is the Duchesne trade a bad trade, or, was it, or is it just not panning out? It's just not panning out. What do you think? Um, I would pretty much have to agree with Jeff on that one. I think the GM can make better trades or uh, look at more players that will pan out in the end um, and just set up their team for more success or more repeated trips to the playoffs and go deeper into the playoffs and potentially win a cup eventually. Mm-hmm. So kind of building on it, like what, what coaches would you put on the hot seat? Like, like if Ottawa isn't their coach's fault, like where is it the coach's fault? Because, like, I disagree with you and say something like, oh, like, the Coyotes GM is on the hot seat. Because, like, they're just, they've been bad for so long and he hasn't really done anything to fix it. But then Ottawa is a good team and they're just playing terrible this year. Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of where I'd put that. Uh, Bad coach, man. Uh, A lot of talk has been said about Montreal. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, there's, and I didn't watch the interview, but Sean Bergevin, I think he's either the GM or the coach of the Canadians, he made a very interesting statement about a rebuild that really pissed off a lot of people. And so I don't know if he's on the hot seat. I would put him there, but I, just with the way the Canadian season is going. Um, yeah, going back to your Phoenix Coyotes thing, I was actually just thinking Arizona. about that. Or Arizona. They play in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, Phoenix sounds cooler than Arizona. It does. That's it true. really does. But um, anyway, so the Coyotes, they're – like you said, they've been bad for a really long time, and now they're, what, 10 wins this season, which is ridiculous. 10 wins? Yeah, they're wow. like 10, 20, and 9 or something like that. Wow, that's really uh, bad. Yeah, so midseason, that is ridiculous. You should not have 10 wins at the middle of the season. You should at least have 15 or 20 to at least compete for the playoffs. You know um, who else has 10? Who? Buffalo. <laughs> well, so. Buffalo's always been yeah. bad, so I mean. I mean, they draft, I mean, like, man, they, they, what happened to Jack Eichel? Is he just hurt, or? No, he's just not producing. I mean, he's producing, but you just can't have one guy for your whole offense. I mean, tell that to the Oilers last year. I mean, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of talking about, uh, kind of building, you know, as, as I was referring to Connor McDavid there, um, what were the all-star snubs from this year? Like, I, th- I think they had some good selections, but who, who was really snubbed from the uh, selections this year? I... I don't really know if Patrick Laine was really an option this year. Um, he's on the Jets, right? Yeah, he's on the Winnipeg Jets, and he's doing really well. 
Uh, he's leading his team with goals. I think he's 19 goals this season, which is really good for the midseason. Uh, on track for 38 at the end um, and can definitely compete to be one of the MVPs this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Phil Kessel as well. He's having a great year in Pittsburgh. And How old is he now? I have no idea. Because, like, you know, he's getting up there, but yeah, what can we, so. Yeah, I have no idea. But he uh, he sits 11th in the league in scoring, 18 goals and 29 assists. Wow, that's pretty good. But when you're working with Crosby, I mean, you know, that kind of talent. It's <laughs> I, mean, I mean, well, I mean, like, you know, like, people at Crosby make the people around them better. Like, Patrick Kane made Artemi Panera, uh, Amisimov, um, Hartman, Schmal. He makes them all better players. Mm-hmm. A big snub I found was Sergei Bobrowski. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know how he didn't get in. He's having a great year for Columbus. You know, Columbus actually gives up a lot of goals because they, they're they 8th in the league and they're 4th in the East, yet their point differential is a big fat zero. So like they're, they're, top, they're top half of the league, but they don't have a positive point differential, and that's probably why he didn't get in. Yeah, but I, yeah, that's true, probably. <laughs> um, another interesting note about weird statistical uh, anomalies. The NY, the Islanders are 3rd in the league in goals scored, but they have a negative 12 scoring differential because they, they've given up 158 goals this year, which is the most in the league. Well, they got... So, um, obviously, their goaltending is a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, Yaroslav Halak has been around a long time. I don't know how old he is. I think he's over 40. Uh, but Didn't they have another good goalie, too? Uh, I think it's Thomas Grice still, but he's up there, I think, too, in age. Yeah, do you think either of those guys can be trade candidates at the end of the uh, once uh, trade deadline rolls? I think Halak is done, and Grice just doesn't have the tra- any trade value for anything. They need a young goalie. So it's kind of building up. Like, what 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 buyers and sellers teams do you see, or like what what who's like the big chip piece for this particular NHL trade deadline? Uh, Montreal. <laughs> I mean, Carey Price. Yeah, Carey Price, Shea Weber. If they want to rebuild, they got to get rid of those two guys. Oh, did they say they want to rebuild? That's where they're probably going to lean towards. Andrew Shaw back to the Blackhawks. I, I <laughs> yeah, would I mean, not object that. I I have I bought a Shaw jersey. It's probably my most prized possession. <laughs> I want him back. I really want a Duclair jersey. By the way, Anthony Duclair came to Chicago in the trade yesterday with Richard Panic. That was that was a good trade yeah. uh, by Bowman. I mean, clear a lot of cap space. Um, mm-hmm. What are the Hawks doing? Question mark. Because they're clearing a lot of money, and like that's that was the whole reason behind training Artemi Panarin. To Columbus. Yep. So, could they be trying to sign John Tavares? I mean, that would be awesome. Can you imagine that? Could, like, you, imagine, could you imagine a line that was like Kane, Taves, and Tavares? That'd be ridiculous. Tavares, Schmaltz, and Kane. Bam. Yeah. That'd be crazy. That would be insane. Um. So yeah. What? What do you? Who? Who do you see as being a buyer or seller at the trade deadline? Um. Like as good as Winnipeg's doing, I think they need to uh, patch up the little pieces. Um. Honestly, I haven't really been following them as much as I have at the beginning of the season. Do you think uh, um, Canadian trade partners Winnipeg goes goes and gets Shea Weber? Uh, potentially, I think it would be a good defensive. Do um, they need goaltending help? They can get home. Oh, no, Connor Hellebuck no. is fine. Who? Connor Hellebuck. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> He's in the All Star game too. Yeah. This is why I'm asking them the questions. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's doing fine. Um, all right. Well, definitely not Steve Mason. No. No. <laughs> definitely <laughs> Steve not Mason's Steve Mason. Done. Yeah. So I asked you guys to both uh, kind of get your picks for uh, who the trophy winners gonna we're gonna be this year. Um, I'll start with the the scoring winners. Um, who who do you think is gonna finish the year as the top score, the Art Ross Trophy? Nikita Kucherov in Tampa Bay, fifty nine points in forty two games. He has been a fun player to watch, and you know the dynamic duo he has created with Stamkos. It is very interesting. And Tampa's made a lot of noise. They're the best team in the league, best in the East. They're a serious cup contender because of him and Stamkos. 
Um, I'd probably have to go with Connor McDavid on this one. Um, he, I think he did it last year. I think he can do it again as long as he avoids injury and just continues to be a dynamic player like he has been this season. It's not a bad pick. Uh, no. Jeff, i got a question for you. It, it, do you think this year is Tampa's to lose? Because they, they, they're solidly in first, first place in the entire league. They're five points ahead of Vegas. They're six points in front of the second-place team in the East. Is this Tampa's season to lose? Of course it is. I mean, when you did, like you said, you said it perfectly. They're the best team in the league, and with the way their offense is, and they have the best goalie in the league, which I'll say about later. Just a little preview of what uh, open award to come. But um, but yeah, it's but we've seen the President Trophy winners don't win. Washington Capitals <laughs> set. You know they've won the President's Trophy. I think like three of the last four years, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe a little bit more. I don't know. But they can't make it past. So who knows. We'll see. So if they stay healthy, they they'll be fine. And Joe, do you think do you think Edmonton can kind of climb its way back into the standings here, or do you think they're gonna stay stagnant? Um, if they can get Connor McDavid and the offense going, I think they'll be all right. You just said he he was going. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> well, like continuously going. You know, like um. Their problem isn't you know, the offense. The problem is their goaltending. Cam well, yeah. Cam Talbot has been awful. I mean, maybe they're a trade. Like maybe they're going in for a trade for a goalie. Like looking for. Uh, I don't know. I don't think uh, the Winnipeg Jets are going to trade Hollabuck, but I think that they can look into like, other goalies. Like, and... like we keep saying, Carey Price. Exactly. Like, that would so. like, be a great move for Edmonton. Yeah. It would. You know um, the problem with Cam Talbot is? It's an 82-game season. Do you know how many games he played last year? 71. Okay. That's a lot. That's Is that missing a lot of games? No. No, that's... You're... He played 71 out of the 82 regular season games. Oh, and then, oh he got overworked. Yeah, yeah, and then he played you know, every I was game, really obviously. excited when Cam Talbot went to Edmonton because I, because, um, I know he was he was great in New York backing up uh, Hendrik Lundqvist. Yep. And I was like, well, that's a great move for them. So, Hockey hockey GMs seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, I like the move because the Hawks get to face them three times now instead of two, and we always light them up, so it's good news for me. <laughs> um, all right, Joe, who is your who do you think is going to be the Rocket Richard winner at the end of the year, which is the top goal scorer? Uh, I think I would have to go with uh, Sidney Crosby on that one. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, I think that he's just an overall really good goal scorer. We've seen highlights that, of him. That's got to be um, the understatement of the century right there. Well, yeah, really I, good goal scorer, <laughs> Cindy Crosby. I mean, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Pick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it's, I don't know, I feel like it's uh, it's going to be an obvious one. I think he'll come through in the second half of the season and just come out of nowhere and really put his team up front. You think the, you think the Penguins are going to climb back into it? I think they will. Uh, for me, it's a it's actually a tie right now in the goal scoring lead between Kucherov and Ovechkin with twenty seven. I'm just gonna give it to Ovechkin because he seems to win that trophy every year, and I think he's got like four hat tricks this year already. Ovechkin's a crazy kind of player, man. Like I, I love him just because like, I don't like the Capitals. I like Ovechkin okay. because he's just such a dynamic player, mm-hmm. and like I really miss the days where he just run people over just for the hell of it. <laughs> it's so funny how he just stands in the same spot and everybody knows where he's gonna be on like the power play, and, and he's, he's still snipes. able to shoot and score because he's like, he, he's he snipes. He's he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great pick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the other the Capitals are in the playoffs right now, right? I believe so. Because if there's anybody that they need to really like get going here, it's uh, Ovechkin, like really ramp up the scoring. They're leading their division right now. Oh, okay, well there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, the uh, the last like leader leader um, would be the William M Jennings Trophy, which is the fewest goals against scored for a goalie. Uh, Jeff, who do you have? Fewest goals against uh, Andre Vasilevsky of Tampa Bay. What a season for him, huh? Uh, he's got 
27 wins. He's got a goals against average of... I really need to find this. Probably something probably something around 95%. Yeah, yeah, 0.94. So oh, yeah, that's awesome. Go. So And he's a big reason why Tampa is where they are. Big re- I mean, he's a big dude, too. So, you know, big reason. <laughs> yeah, I think he's 6'6". Six, six. That's a big dude. Like, ho- there are some hockey goalies that are just monstrous. Yeah, he was with... Here's a backup of Ben Bitchett, who's six seven. That's a lot of goalie. Do you think if they had started Vasilevsky in the 2015 Stanley Cup, they would have beaten the Blackhawks? Heck no. <laughs> there no. you go. That's right. Loyalty. This is a Blackhawks room. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, who you got? Or not Jeff, Joe. Um, I probably have Braden Holpe with this one. Um, I love Holpe. Yeah, as you say, so Holpe has always been a really consistent goaltender. Uh, the Capitals are leading the division. Um, so I think as long as he stays on track with what he's doing... Uh, Keep up the grind. I think they'll be all right. You could also give Hellebuck that. That's trophy. true. Yeah, what a surprise there, huh? Whoever uh, thought the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got a uh, Corey Crawford. <laughs> hey, if he wasn't injured, he would be top two probably for sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know um, a few goalies. I know Corey Crawford. I know Scott Darling. And so pretty much anyone who played for the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. I know Antti Ranta, too. <laughs> you know what's crazy, though? Even though as long as Crawford's been out, he's still top five in goals against average and save percentage. <laughs> That's, That's pretty good. good. Yeah, right? All right. Um, Joe, who's your MVP? Who, who do you think is going to win the Hart Trophy at the end of the year? Or who? Um, right, I'll, I'll amend it. Who, who's your Hart Trophy winner right now? Patrick O'Hanna. I think he's with... I mean, I... That's would, an interesting pick. I mean, I, would, I have to go with them because... I'm sorry, are you a Jets fan? When did you turn into a Jets fan? I've always been a secondary <laughs> Jets fan. I've been... Uh, they, they just became a team again like two years ago. <laughs> talking about two years ago. It was like four or five. It was, was it? four or five. Yeah, ever since Bufflin got traded. Though, oh, gee, see, like... Yeah. Uh, well, he was on the Thrashers. Well, he was on the Atlanta Thrashers at first, but then he moved up to... The Atlanta fans, Thrashers so. were entertaining because I remember I was watching a Hawks game and they were in Atlanta. And there were more Hawks fans than Thrashers fans <laughs> yeah. at the game. That's usually the case anyway, yeah, but a Hawks I mean, road game. You're not wrong, but uh, yeah, so with uh, the Jets doing so well, I think that Patrick Lining is going to be able to find offense, not only with himself, but with his uh, fellow teammates, and I think they'll help him be the MVP of the year. Mm-hmm. All right. Good pick. I picked Nathan McKinnon. 52 oh. points in 41 games. What? Yeah. You, you, wait, you picked it. Wait, what place did the av- Avalanche hit? Uh, I they're back in a playoff spot. They've won five straight. They're in a playoff. The they Colorado are. Avalanche are in a playoff yep, spot. They've won wow. five straight. <laughs> That's a surprise. And a big reason. I was why about to, I was I was getting all ready to roast you, but then I was like, okay, <laughs> back to roast. There we a go. A big reason why they are. I chose Nathan McKinnon's because they traded Duchesne, who was at the time their yeah, franchise that, that, player. That 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 that, that defi- Nathan McKinnon. What he's doing defines what a most valuable player is. Because exactly. there's no way. That Nathan McKinnon, the, the, the Colorado Avalanche are in a playoff spot without Nathan McKinnon putting up 52 points like that. Mm-hmm. That's it's, why it's, I like, it's like the, that, that was my argument for uh, Russell Westbrook last year because between, uh, between him and James Harden, because there was no way that the Oklahoma City Thunder were in a playoff spot without Russell Westbrook, and like the Rockets would have been fine without Harden. So like that, yeah, that, that's that argument right there. Yeah. So that no, I, that's a great pick. Thank you, thank you, Jeff. Um, kind of, you gonna follow up a good pick with another good pick. Who is your Norris Trophy winner the, for the best defenseman? This was really tough because of all the great defensemen out there. But I went, ended up with Drew Doughty. He's got thirty points in forty-two games. He averages over twenty-seven minutes of ice time a game, and the Kings are doing very well this season. Why? Anze Kopitar, Jonathan Quick, and Drew Doughty. The, the, so. Those have got to be the most three most consistent players in the league because the Kings always do very well every year because of those three guys. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, lo- I really like Jonathan Quick a lot. Yeah, and it's, it's such an awesome name too, Quick. <laughs> well, he's he was fun to watch when he played for Team USA. Yeah. yeah. So 
USA. Not this. Not this winter. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Um, Jeff, who, or not Jeff. Your both. Both your names start with J. It's confusing. <laughs> Joe, who you got? Uh, I probably have Eric Carlson with this one. Um, That's a good pick. I mean, wait, didn't you say he wasn't playing well? Yeah, but it's Eric Carlson. So Joe, who's your Vesna Trophy winner? Which is best goaltender? I don't know. I would probably have to say either uh, Holtby or uh, uh, Hellebuck. Those two are both uh, really good goaltenders. Uh, they're both leading the division, uh, like we said. Um, I don't really have any stats on me right now. I'll be honest. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I'd agree with uh, what's his name, Hellebuck? Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because like you know, like I like I said, I have no idea who is what his name is, and he's current, and the Jets are tops in the in the West. So yeah, like, that's it's a great, a great name, by the way, Hellebuck. I love Hellebuck. I love it. He's Hockey's amazing. got some solid names. He does. Yeah, it's um, not like haha. Well, I mean, it though. usually helps that they're all like foreigners too, like. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, like Canadian, Swedish, like. I mean, like a lot of sports. I mean, like baseball is a lot of foreigners. Nicholas Jalmerson's a pretty cool that's name. True. That's not even how you say it. It's I like Halmerson or yeah, something. Yeah, I miss Jalmerson. Jeff, yeah. who you got for Vesna? Uh, I said his name earlier. Andre Vasilevsky, twenty-seven Ooh. wins, two point one goals against average, point uh, nine four save percentage, and six shutouts. League leaders for, among all starters in the NHL. So he's awesome. All right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna agree with everything you guys say because I don't know any better. <laughs> um, and then finally, oh wait, no, I got two more. Uh, the Calder Trophy, which is the Rookie of the Year. Jeff, who you got for this one? Let's see if you know this guy, Andrew Brock Besser. Nope. <laughs> oh, the Vancouver Canucks. Twenty two. Vancou- wait, did you say Vancouver? Vancouver. Canucks. It's not Cooper Cup, man. I'm sorry. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, 22 goals in 39 games. He has an eight goal lead over every ro- over any wow. other rookie. He is playing awesome. Even though the Canucks suck, but that's I a mean, I mean, story. well, I mean, this is like that's kind of the point of being a rookie. Did, is that who they drafted this year? Uh huh. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Jeff or Joe? Dang it! I'm, I'm, I'll get I'll get it right the next time. Mm-hmm. Joe, who you got? I have Clayton Keeler for this one. Who? Keller. Keller. <laughs> bad. Um, he's got 14 goals scored, 18 assists, so that's 32 points in 43 games played. For what and, team? Uh, for Arizona. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so even though Arizona's doing really bad, I think that as a player, he is showing that he has what it takes to play in the NHL and really prove himself to be on a better team. Yeah, I think, I think rookie, rookie of the years, so there's, I mean, like, they can be on a bad team, it's fine. Like, oh, yeah. Um, would you put Alex DeBrinkett in that conversation? Top three, for sure. Because, like, that, that kid is fast. Nico Hischer of New Jersey, I mean, I think the top three are DeBrinkett, Hischer, and Brock Besser, because they've all played very well for their teams. New Jersey, I think, is second in their division. What? I think so. Because they were first a couple weeks ago. They're third, but at oh, yeah, one so, point. Oh, I, mean, they're, the I mean, they're up there. I mean, the, uh, the last time New Jersey was good, is they were in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, the final against the Kings. What year was that? 2012? I think. Like 2012, yeah. Was Brodera still goaltending there? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then fin- the last award that I got is uh, the Jack Adams Award, which is the Coach of the Year. Joey, who you got for this one? Uh, I have Ken Hitchcock from the Stars. Oh, he's on the Stars now. Yeah, he is. I hate him so much. I know, I do too. But <laughs> just, mean... just it's just because he was on the he's he's it's just because he coached the Blues. Yeah, yeah. We, we literally. Got, we are a hundred percent biased <laughs> to these these several teams: the Canucks because they ruined our lives many times. Um, the Blues, the Blues, the Flyers. Stars, the Fly. Red Wings, Flyers. the Flyers, Bruins. No, I'm okay with the Bruins. I'm okay with the Bruins. No, that was a great series. Like I mean, they yeah, were like, I hate the Ducks though. They are, they, that's a bunch of thugs. Interesting thing about the Canucks, though, is that Henrik and Daniel Sedin are supposed to are reported to retire after this year. And so <laughs> the, the Sedin sisters. Yeah. <laughs> As Ken Harrelson would say, he gone. So. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. You were you were saying? 
Oh, no, I was done. We were... Oh, yeah, we were roasting Ken Hatchka. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff, what you got? Gerard Gallant, head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would be. Well, of course. I mean, like, I mean, it's in the... How could you not? This has yeah, got to be the true. best expansion team in any sport in the last 20 that's years. True. Yeah, like, or, I mean, you could pick John Cooper, too, of the Lightning. I mean, either yeah. one or some stories. I mean, I, 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 I mean, like, yeah, the Lightning are incredible, but you've got to get give it to the expansion team guy. Yeah. Who so. do you want me to pick, like, the Coyotes head coach? Yeah, like, I do. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> like, Hugh Jackson, he's got no wins, and then they're keeping you him. You know what? Like, the coach of the year for the NHL, I'm picking Hugh Jackson. So. Yeah. Because Hugh Jackson's <laughs> just such a good coach, he's going to be coach of the year for two different sports. Uh, hey. I got one more trophy. Uh, I think you might have missed this. Oh, the Selkie trophy goes to the best defensive forward in the league. I did not know you were going to oh. use that one. Uh, I... <laughs> He wins it every year, but Patrice Bergeron of the Boston yeah. Bruins, he a uh, fifty-seven point nine faceoff percentage, and he's only been he's only been on the ice for one goals again, like one goal against in a five-on-five play. Wow, that is outstanding. That that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, no or, wonder he wins it every or year. Or he but. just gets off the ice in time. I mean, or, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, real quick there, J- Jeff. Who do you think? Who do you, who do you got in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals, and then who's getting winning the Stanley Cup? Like the matchups? Yeah. Who do you, who do you think? Oh, in the West, uh, Vegas and Chicago, because I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Blackhawks, if they get to the playoffs, they're really tough out. Mm-hmm, for yeah. sure. Unless, I, unless you're the Blues and shut us out for three I would games. love to see Winnipeg and Vegas in the Western Conference Final. That would be such, like... Like who are these two teams? Like nobody cares about these two teams until yeah. like this year. But um, I cared about Vegas the second they happened. I he was Andrew, I was by the way. in the first 500 Twitter followers for Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, so, so I was there from the beginning. I'm not a bandwagon fan. Exactly. Uh, in the East, uh, Tampa and Washington. Just because I want to see Washington make it past the second round, but still choke. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you still want to see the choke? Yeah. <laughs> you just you just want to see like hope dangled on their fans <laughs> and then take it away. Uh, Stanley like Cup Final, Vegas and Tampa. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Cross country and two shocking teams this year. All right. What do you think, Jeff? I've got uh, Winnipeg and the Blackhawks for uh, the Western Conference Finals. You guys can't tell we're Hawks fans. Well, so. yeah. We're going to go Hawks all the time. but uh, And Winnipeg with doing how well they are. And they're my second favorite team, so got to <laughs> pick them. Uh, and then, like Jeff said, I'd like to see the Capitals in the third round, even though that's probably not going to happen because they choke. Um, and Tampa Bay with how well they're doing. So if they all those teams can keep it up, then uh, I guess that's how, who we'll see. And for the Stanley Cup, I'd probably pick the Hawks and Tampa Bay. That would be a wow, nice good rematch. rematch. It would be a good uh, rematch. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make some picks. I'm going to say it's in the West, it's going to be Vegas and Chicago. Wow. <laughs> but I'm going to pick Vegas. Because Ooh. I think Vegas... Vegas, the Blackhawks can't beat the Avalanche. And it's because the Avalanche can skate faster than us and they play physical. Vegas just does that better. Well, we can't. We already lost. Yeah, we've, to we've, Vegas we're twice two, already. we're all in two against Vegas. Yeah. And then the East, I'm gonna pick the Lightning and the Devils. Ooh, that'd be a good matchup. So, and then in the Stanley Cup, I'm gonna pick Vegas and the Lightning. And I think the Lightning are gonna win because they have more experience. Man, screw this! I'm picking the Coyotes to come back and win it all. <laughs> <laughs> Comeback City. Right I, I'm picking the Thrashers to re- become a team again in the middle of the season <laughs> and win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joe, for being here. Always a pleasure. If you guys uh, haven't already, please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow all of us on Twitter. And don't forget to send us your responses to our questions and send us questions to diditsportspod at gmail.com. I'm so happy I finally remember that email address. There you go. Right? Um, uh, also, give us a five-star uh, rating on iTunes. means the world to us. And we will be back tomorrow, and we will see you guys then. Take care. Uh, deuces out. Deuces. 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Talk Podcast. Join the Didit community on Twitter at Didit Pods. If you'd like to have your music featured on a future episode of the Sports Talk Podcast, email your song to DidItSportsPod at gmail.com. I rode 10,000 miles on a carousel horse of wood. We all end up where we started. Whiskey priest, I'll be putting my money down on the rough and slouching beast. Cause I don't need to read the papers or the tea leaves to understand that this world's been shaped by a drunken barber's hand. I don't need to read the papers to know the heart of man. This world's been shaped. I drunk him by